Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Our first speaker is Dr. Natalie Kreitzer, and Dr. Kreitzer is a neurointensivist. She trained in emergency medicine at the University of Cincinnati, was a chief resident, then went on after her four-year residency, I think, and did uh, three years of neurocritical care uh, to be ready to talk to you all this morning. This is something she works both in uh, neurocritical care as well as the emergency department. So, Dr. Kreitzer, will you please, uh, she also is an NIH-funded investigator, so uh, she has a lot of tools in addition to being a, uh, a clinician and educator. She is a world-class researcher. Dr. Kreitzer. Thank you, Dr. Gibbler. Um, hi, I'm Natalie Kreitzer. I'm an associate professor of emergency medicine and neurocritical care at University of Cincinnati. Um, so I split my clinical time between the emergency department as well as the neuro ICU. Um, so I'm going to speak today about management of intracranial hemorrhage in anticoagulated patients who are coming into the emergency department. Um, so a couple of objectives in this presentation. Um, to recognize the indications for urgent anticoagulation reversal in the setting of intracranial hemorrhages. And then to describe the literature for vitamin K antagonists, warfarin, as well as the direct oral anticoagulant reversal in the setting of acute intracranial hemorrhages. Um, a very brief overview about this topic. Um, certainly, we all recognize that intracranial hemorrhages are neurologic emergencies and must be dealt with rapidly. And in patients who are rever or in patients who are anticoagulated, most of these patients are going to require reversal. We'll talk a little bit about some specific cases where that may not um, necessarily be the case, um, but. This is really a case where most of these patients are going to require reversal. Now, unlike other major types of bleeding, it's difficult to know if the bleeding has stopped. This is really only by repeat serial head CTs. Um, and then, of course, in the NeurICU, we do um, neurologic exams every hour and watching the examination. Um, and this is also the type of hemorrhage where volume resuscitation is not required. Um, we know, for example, in um, intracerebral hemorrhage, the greatest predictor of outcome is going to be the size of that hemorrhage. So even adding just a few cc's of hemorrhage can really mean a big difference in terms of morbidity and mortality. And this is, um, this is different from what you'll hear in the other two presentations, GI bleeding and trauma, where that volume resuscitation is such a big component oftentimes. Now, in patients who are anticoagulated, um, these are just the basic things that we need to know in the emergency department. Um, and it sounds easy, but we all know that it's not easy. Um, these are patients oftentimes who are coming in unable to speak or unable to tell us very much information about what happened. Um, ideally, figuring out what type of anticoagulation medication they're on. Um, for the DOAX, when was that last dose is extremely important because that's going to tell us if they require anticoagulation reversal and what we can kind of think is maybe that level of anticoagulation. 
Um, and then in terms of lab testing, um, just basic lab work like CBC, platelet count, INR, PTT, of course, none of those for the DOACs are going to be specific as to um, whether they're even anticoagulated or their level of anticoagulation. Um, certainly not as nice as it is with warfarin to have that INR. Um, and then um, some centers have um, TEG, viscoelastic um, assays, platelet function assays as well. Now, what we're trying to do with anticoagulation reversal is prevent hemorrhage expansion. Now, hemorrhage expansion happens in patients um, with traumatic or spontaneous intracranial hemorrhages. Um, and this is just a depiction of a left basal ganglia hemorrhage. Uh, this typically happens within those first few hours, really those first four hours um, after the onset of hemorrhage. Um, so it is our role in the emergency department to really do the things that we can possibly do to prevent that from happening or to lessen it as much as possible. Now, even in patients who aren't anticoagulated, there are certainly going to be a subset who have hemorrhage expansion, um, but that risk increases dramatically in patients who are anticoagulated. And then in those patients who are super therapeutic, so the patient with uh, um, INR that's elevated and they're on warfarin um, and it's you know 3.5 or something too high, it's going to be much higher risk of hemorrhage expansion. And likewise, in patients who are on a DOAC and have maybe some renal insufficiency and have maybe a higher or super therapeutic level that we would expect are going to have a much higher risk. Now, like I mentioned, almost all of these patients with a intracranial hemorrhage are going to require reversal. Certainly there are cases where that may not happen. So the patient who had onset of symptoms um, 12 hours ago, and they really sort of already missed that period of time where they're going to have hemorrhage expansion, or maybe the patient who's um, got a lot of comorbidities, is elderly, has pre-existing DNR wishes, has um, a massive non-survivable type of hemorrhage, those are going to be the patients certainly that, you know, it's worth more discussion determining if or whether you should provide anticoagulation reversal. Um, but most of those patients are not going to fall into those buckets. Now, a few pitfalls are going to be um, ultra-early prognostication. We know in acute neurologic emergencies that trying to figure out that um, trying to figure out how somebody's going to do on that first day um, is really fraught with a lot of challenges. Waiting for a decline in exam to reverse or not reversing the small hemorrhages, those are really the ones that you can probably help the most um, because they haven't had that hemorrhage expansion yet. Um, and then some things also to consider, time since the last dose of the DOAC. Um, again, those are renally cleared, and we know that if they're, you know, let's say 24 hours out from their last dose, for example, Example, um, they may not actually really be very anticoagulated at all, and they may not require reversal. Age and comorbidities, like I mentioned before, um, location, size of hemorrhage, um, certainly a very, very small pontine hemorrhage is going to be a high, high-risk territory, um, and that's something to really be aware of. Um, and then, of course, institutional guidelines, it's going to vary a little bit from place to place. 
Um, now, just a little bit of data about vitamin K antagonist reversal or warfarin. Um, so this is from the AHA guidelines. Um, and this is all, I think, pretty common sense to us who practice in emergency medicine. Um, but basically say that INR elevations due to warfarin or vitamin K antagonists should have that medication withheld, receive therapy to replace the vitamin K dependent factors. So that's a different strategy, replacement instead of reversal. Um, and correct that INR and receive IV vitamin K. Um, and then PCCs, um, or perthrombin complex concentrates, um, have fewer complications and are going to correct that INR much faster than FFP. Now, when we think about dabigatran, um, a factor 2A inhibitor, um, which we don't really see that often anymore, um, the reverse AD study was the study that looked at the reversal agent for that, which is idrisizumab. Um, and in that study, about a third of the patients presented with an intracranial hemorrhage. Um, now, the endpoint, you know, like I mentioned, that you're trying to reduce or prevent is that hematoma expansion. Um, they did not do serial neuroimaging, but the mortality rate was measured, and that was 16.4% among intracranial hemorrhage. And then when we think about the factor 10A inhibitors, which is what we see, I think, more frequently, apixaban and rivaroxaban, um, and dexanet alpha is the specific reversal agent that is approved for that. Uh, the Anexa 4 study was the one that looked at those patients who came into the emergency department with acute life-threatening hemorrhages. And of those, about two-thirds of them had an intracranial hemorrhage. Um, now, in that study, the average presenting GCS was 14. So, like I mentioned, these were patients who didn't look bad when they came in to the door. And 80% of them had excellent or good efficacy in reversal of the ICH, which was measured by serial head CTs or hematoma expansion. So, a few future directions in this. Um, there's a direct um, comparison of PCCs and indexinet alpha going on right now. Um, there's more and more studies that are coming out looking at real-life larger registry use of agent-specific antidotes, um, and then new assays to detect the presence and level of DOACs, which I know would help us tremendously in the emergency department in figuring out what these patients are taking and whether they're anticoagulated. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by the University of Cincinnati College of Medicine Office of Continuing Medical Education, EMCREG International, and Total CME Incorporated. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.